This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. info desk out there so uh, I want to encourage you to uh, if at all possible we've got all kind of different kinds of groups I'm sure one of them will fit you, we, you where you can have fun where you can learn where you can pray but mainly you know you connect with one another Isn't that right it's kind of hard to connect looking at the back of people's heads on Sunday but you can connect uh, by getting in a small group and getting to know one another Isn't that right getting to know a little bit about one another I'm leading a small group this time. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. Praise God. I believe you will too. Today we're going to begin uh, our series, Building for Eternity. We're going to talk about heaven's blueprint today. You know, um, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. But more than ever, I'm thinking more about how important it is that we get our priorities straight. You know, concerning the eternal and the temporary. Now, I know when, you, you know, when I was young, man, I mean, you know, li- life was all ahead of you. And, you know, you, you had forever, it seemed like. But, boy, did it go fast. <laughs> you know, when you were young, you had forever. But, listen, when you're young, listen, young people, now's the time to set those priorities and get them straight. I mean, life has a way of so many things pulling at us. You know, if you're young, your, your education, your career, who I'm going to marry or starting a family or all of those things or, you know, whoever we are, whatever age, it can pull at us. So I want to talk about heaven's blueprint because I'm telling you, this life, whatever age we are today, it's not forever, is it? It's not forever. We can all agree on that. But eternity is forever. It's a long time. So each of us have a limited amount of resources, don't we? A limited amount of time, a limited amount of talent, and a limited amount of treasure or resources that we will have in this time we call our life here on earth to use. And we have to determine. We're the one that determines how we use it. Now, God gives us guidelines. God gives us or is willing to give us a blueprint. But many of us, we just have assumed that this is my life I can do with it what I want to, how I want to. I can use my resources and my time any way I want to. And so we do, while we do have that choice as believers, as those who are connected with Jesus Christ and with the Father God, we understand this, that God has a blueprint and a plan for us. How many of you know that? Absolutely. God said that oh, way over in Jeremiah, didn't he? He said, I know the plans I have for you. God's got plans for you. Whatever age we are, He's still got plans. You say, well, you know, I'm already retired and, you know, it's, it's all behind me now. No, it's all ahead of you. Amen. God's still got a plan for you. And so today we want to look at that. And I want to ask you uh, a question in starting out our, our, our message and our lesson today. And this is, are you building only for yourself and this present life? Or have you discovered the joy and the freedom of building for God and eternity? What are we doing? Everyone, Jesus said everyone's building a house. 
Remember he gave the parable? Everybody's building a house. You're building one, I'm building one. Not just a natural house where we're all going to go to when we dismiss today, but we are building something either eternal on the rock or we're building something that's temporary on the sands of changing times. You know, I've been alive long enough now, and anybody that's lived for a while, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. Did you know, I've, I've seen the styles come around at least twice already. You know, I've seen the styles of the 60s come back. I've seen the styles of the 70s and 80s come. It just recycles through, doesn't it? There's nothing, there's nothing really new about it. You know, we're, we're sending, of course, with the building and all, we've been looking at, especially her, she's been looking at different colors and everything, you know, and we're talking about, man, we want to we do something with this teal carpet. But we're looking around, and lo and behold, guess what the color is this year? So there's nothing. So what? See, temporary, we think, man, I've got to have the, the latest style, the latest technology and all that. Nothing wrong with that in its place. But what are we really building for when it comes to eternity? What are you building? Do you have a blueprint from God? Look in Exodus over there. I just want to read a scripture over there. Exodus. 36, this is Moses. Now Moses had been called by God up into the mountain of God. And he met with God there 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. Wonder what would happen if some of us had an encounter with God like that. We might be changed too, hadn't we? (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not calling you on a 40-day fast. (laughs) But Moses had gone up, and while he was on that mountain, God had given him the Ten Commandments. But not only that, God had given him a blueprint for the tabernacle where he would meet with the people of God. He'd given him a blueprint. And so here in in Exodus chapter 30, or excuse me, I said 36, 26, Exodus 26. And we're going to look in verse 30 there. He said, speaking to him about this, he said, Set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown you on the mountain. He didn't just say, okay, uh, Moses, go down and just build any kind of tabernacle you want. Just, you know, whatever you find handy, just, you know, just throw something together. You know, whatever, it's okay. You know, just, you know, give me your leftovers. Seconds or thirds will be okay. If you take the time, now we won't do it, but if you look here in Exodus, God gave him meticulous plans. And he said, this is what the material will be for every piece of furniture, for every uh, covering, for everything. It's going to be made out of a certain material, a certain color, put together a certain way, didn't he? But we think, you know, we can just do it any kind of way we want to. We can just, you know, uh, you know, a lot of believers I know, they give God the leftovers. If they got any. I found this out when I was on the mission field. You know, they send, people send missionaries their used clothing. What does that say about us? What does that say about what's important to us? We keep the good stuff. We send God to use stuff. We, you know, we, we, we take all our time and our finances and we, we lavish it on ourselves, but we don't have anything to give to God. 
Oh, I knew this would go over well. Listen, I'm telling you this as your pastor for your own good. So that when you stand before God, you can't say, well, our pastor didn't tell us. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. What are you building? First of all, if you don't have a plan from God, if you don't know what God said in His Word, if you're not hearing what God's saying to you while spending time in prayer and fellowship with God, then I understand why you're building what you're building because you don't have a plan from God. You haven't taken time to find out what God wants. You, we just run off sometimes thinking, well, this must be what God wants. You know, and we think He wants it because that's what we want. But what did God say? He said, my thoughts are not necessarily the same as your thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, what? So are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. So we need to do like Moses. I'm not saying you've got to go on a 40-day fast, but you know what? We need to be seeking God, don't we? A blueprint from God, you know, is going to require faith. You need to, it's not just the preacher and the missionary that should be living by faith. God's called all of us to live a life by faith. And if we get God's plan for our life, whether it's to be a a preacher or a barber or an entrepreneur or whatever it is, there should be an element of faith connected to it. Why is it just the pastor has to live by faith? Why is it just the missionary that has to live by faith? Why don't all God's people live by faith? Sometimes God may lead you in a way of your giving or in other ways that, you know what? you got to believe God now. Oh, my God, it come to that. See, we, we say we're living by faith, but the truth is we've got so much set aside. We've got... Backup plans, we've got secondary plans, we've got all this down. Yeah, that's not living by faith. Oh. <laughs> oh, Pastor, I wanted you to make me feel good. This is this will make you feel good. <laughs> God's design or my desire. What do you have? What's God's design for your life? What has He called you to do? I know. Early on when I got saved, I was a senior in college. I was 22. You know, from that time on, one of the chief pursuits of my my faith, my relationship with God is, I wanted to find out, God, what's your plan for me? What do you want me to do? Because, see, I had plans. I was going to college. Then I was going to law school. I had it all worked out but God. How dare he intervene in my plans? I had it all set out, Tatiana. I mean, from early on in high school, I don't know why, but for some reason, I I wanted to be a lawyer. That's what I was going to be. That's what, man, I thought I could have been a good one. My mom says, you argue with a fence post, that's probably what you ought to be. (laughs) What are you nodding your head for over there? (laughs) So we have our plan. But listen, our plans need to be something we, that has a God connection to it, a kingdom connection. What is God saying to you? You say, well, I don't know. Well, see, that's your first step. Find out what God says. Yeah, but God, I'm afraid God might tell me to go to Africa. Well, if he does, he'll give you the grace to go. But I can tell you 99 times out of 100, that thing you're afraid of is not what God's going to tell you at all. He just wants us, why? To be willing to put down our plans and my desires for His plan and His desire. Amen. 
and get that connection, that God connection, so that if he does call you to be a lawyer, if he does call you to be an entrepreneur, you're going to know I'm right in the middle of God's will, God's grace, God's wisdom, God's blessing is going to be on what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm making widgets. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm going to be a blessed widget maker. And I believe this. I do with all my heart. No matter what God calls you to do, He will bless you supremely and He can prosper you whether you're a widget maker or whether you're the CEO of a company if you're doing what He called you to do. Don't make a decision, young people, based on income alone. Are you listening to me? God's design or my desire. Psalm 37, 4, we know he says this. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will what? Give you the desires of your heart. Now, there's, a, there's, a, there's two ways we can translate that or, you know, look at that. Number one, when I put God first, then he is going to what? He's going to bring forth the dream of my heart. But a more important way to look at that, I believe, is that when I delight myself in Him, I put Him first. I put His plan, His kingdom first. He's going to put His desires in my heart for me to pursue. That's how we know which direction to go. God's design or my desire. Look over in 1 Corinthians 3 just a moment. You know, we don't want to spend our life with wasted effort and wasted resources, do we? Taking what God gave me, what God gave you, and at the end of our day, we realize we, we didn't even take time to think about what God wanted. I just assumed God wanted what I wanted. And I, you know, and I gave myself to it. But at the end of our days, when we stand before God, I don't want it to be wasted effort and wasted resources. Do you? Absolutely not. First Corinthians chapter three, verse ten. Paul said, "For by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it." Listen. If you're a believer, you Jesus Christ, that salvation experience, that is the foundation of our life, isn't it? We're saved by God. That's, that's the foundation. That's the most important thing. But he said, everyone is building on it. What are you building? He said, each one should build with care. For no one can lay any other foundation than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's it, salvation. That's the foundation. But if anyone builds on this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stones or wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. What day is that? The day we appear before the Lord. He said, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet he will be saved even though there's only one escaping through the flames. Well, I don't want to go into heaven smelling like I've been to that other place. Do you? Thank God we made it. But boy, you know, it smells like I, I've been at that other place before I got here. 
Our work is important. It, it, the foundation, listen, absolutely, you are not saved by works. You can never be saved by works. Let me emphasize that. I'm not saying that. But after that foundation of grace and salvation is laid, we are stewards concerning the plan, the resources, and the purpose of God. And we need to find out, what is it that God has called me to? Has He called me to be a teacher? Has He called me to be a policeman? Has He called me to be a nurse? Has He called me to be a a pastor or something else? But I need to know, this is what God's called me to be. And then I can give myself wholly to that. Expecting the grace of God to make up the difference. Amen? Absolutely. So what are you building? Secondly, one of the ways that God leads us is at times He will frustrate our plans. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. You ever run into one of those God walls? You know, and I think, man, you know what? I'm just going to take another faith run at that thing. And I, you know, using my, you butt up against that thing. It ain't going anywhere. Look in Genesis 11. God's doing that for our benefit. I know it might not seem like it at the time. Because I really wanted that, God. Amen. I wanted her, God. I wanted him, God. You know, might be like that guy, you know, was praying, believing for Sally. But he didn't, you know, he didn't get Sally. You know. Uh, You know, and somebody was on a tour, you know. Uh, you know, they were, they're at this institution, you know, where, where people were confined for their own good and treatment and so forth. And, you know, he, he was being shown around that. And this guy kept running into this, you know, kept running into this wall and saying, Sally. And somebody said, well, you know, what's up with him? Well, he, you know, he wanted Sally and didn't get her. And they walked a little bit further on, you know, and went, Joden found another guy, and he was running up against the wall, and he was hollering, Sally. He said, well, what's wrong with him? I said, he got Sally. <laughs> of course, you can turn that right around, ladies, and put a guy's name. But see, sometimes the thing we think we want is not good for us, is it? And sometimes when we get it, we're like, uh-oh. Notice here in Genesis 11. Beginning with verse 3. They said to each other, come let us make bricks and make them, bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Boy, sound, that sounds just like today, doesn't it? We're going to make a name for myself. Yes, sir, everybody's going to know who I am. Boy, I'm going to have the latest and greatest dot-com company. Amen. I'm going to build something great. I'm going, going, dancing with the stars or whatever those singing programs are. And I'm going to win that. And boy, I'm, I'm telling you, everybody's going to know who I am. Nothing changed, has it? Ego and pride were their motivators. They weren't doing this to glorify God. It was about themselves, wasn't it? And if we just take... Our plans, and we don't consider God, and we don't seek God and get His 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 insight and His plan for our life. Then it's going to be egocentric, isn't it? 
It's going to be built on pride, just like these people. And they were building something and building something, but it wasn't to glorify God. We need to look at our lives and say, are we building something to glorify God in what I'm doing, or is this all about me and what I want? We're awful quiet in here. He said, otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they had begun to do this, what were they doing? Something totally and entirely an idolatrous, egocentric work. See, you might be, your career you're pursuing, it might be a legitimate and good career. But if it's not God's plan for your life, it can become an idol. It can become an American idol. I'm not putting down the program. I'm just saying in America, it's real easy to do that because we're, that's part of our culture, isn't it? And it has a good side, but it also can have a, a negative side to it. It's good that you are uh, an entrepreneur, that you're a go-getter, that you, you're wanting to seize your opportunity. That's all good. But listen, let's make sure it's God's opportunity. And he said, now there's nothing that will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the face of the earth. So God frustrated their plans, not because he's some big meanie, but because he knew that if they continued this way, they were, they were going to continue to be egocentric. They were going to continue to be filled with pride. God wants us to be Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Isn't that what the scripture says? So that in his due time and in his plan, what will he do? He will exalt you. But we want to be connected. Our plan in my life, I want it to be connected to God. At every season of my life, wherever you are, maybe you're starting out. Maybe you're coming down toward the end. But in any case and in either place, we still have to know this. God has a plan for us. A plan for our season. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> look, look, if you will, real quickly, Psalm 127. I want to bring something out here. We've, we've used this scripture before, and I can quote it, but I want us to read it over there, and I want to just bring something out real quickly. Psalm 127, verse 1. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. That word labor there, L-A-B-O-R, it's translated labor. You know what it means? It means vain and irksome. If your path in life has become vain, empty, and irksome, that might be a way that God is frustrating, bringing frustration to you to say, Hey, hello, guess what? I got something better. You ever been there? Man, when it just seemed like no matter how, how hard you worked, how hard you tried, the harder you worked, the further behind her you got. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, it could be, it could be that what? We're laboring in vain because that's not, we're laboring in the wrong place. You're being faithful, you're, you're working hard, you're being diligent, you're doing all those things, but maybe you're not in the will of God. You're not in the plan God has for you. That's a time to step back and get in your prayer closet and you say, I don't have one. Well, that's your first mistake. You need a prayer closet. 
wherever it is, whether it's in your car on the commute, whether it's in an actual closet, whether it's in your bedroom or in the backyard or in the lower 40, but somewhere you need to have a place that's set apart where you get along with God. You say, God, i got to hear from you. i got to know what you're saying to me. Amen? Because here's the thing. God does that so that He can prevent us and give us an idolatry warning. Now, you know, most of the newer cars, if you have a newer car, I mean, you know this, that, uh, you know, it's all computerized, and all of a sudden, if you see that little check engine light come on, anybody ever seen that come on on your vehicle? That's not usually a good thing, is it? Except that it's better than you just driving that car without knowing there's a problem until there's a major breakdown. So when that thing comes on, actually, it's a good thing, isn't it? And see, when God brings up a frustration in our lives, in our, in, in our plan, in our pursuits, even though we, I mean, it's, you know, from a, a human point of view, from our emotions, we don't like that. It's, oh, man, but God, I wanted this. I, I was working so hard. I've done everything I know to do. I'm using my faith. I bound the devil. I loose the devil. I, I've, done, <laughs> I've done it all. God's saying, hey, this warning light is not a negative. It's a positive. That means stop and check something. Check his plan. Get along with him. And so if God, if you feel like God has frustrated your plans, it literally, that word there, labor, vain and irksome, it literally means this, without grace on it. I've done things, I'm not happy about it, but I admit I've done things that didn't have grace on it. You ever done that? Oh, man. Big difference, isn't it? Like driving your car with the, you know, with the proper amount of oil and driving it with about three quarts low. Not good. So what do we need to do? We need to seek God about His plan. Isn't that right? Matthew 7, Jesus says a very simple formula for us. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K. So until you, you've asked and you're seeking and you're knocking, you haven't really asked yet. Because the thing you want, you pursue. I mean, many people in this room, you've got uh, either uh, a college education or you've gone uh, and, and got certifications, but you've, you've taken time and you've put years and effort and money and expense and invested a part of your life for that, didn't you? You know why? It was important to you. And yet, many times as believers, we give God a token, God, show me what you want, and then we go and do our own thing. We don't take enough time. Listen, if, if your career path, if you feel that that's important enough for you to invest uh, two years, four years, six years, eight years, how much more is it to find out what God's plan and purpose is for my life, which is eternal, which I'm going to give an account to God for? Ask, seek, knock, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7. And he said, to everyone who asks, what? It'll be given. To everyone who seeks, they will 
Fine. And to everyone who knocks, what? The door will be open. What's that have to do with? That has to do with God's plan, God's purpose for my life. Yeah, but I've already invested all this time. I don't have time to start over. You don't have time not to start over. We need to learn how to seek and to wait on God. Let's read a, a, a scripture here as we're... We start to close here. Habakkuk. Turn over there to Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter 2. We've read this before, but I want to read it in the context of what we're talking about today. Here's what I would do if I were you. If I felt like... You know, I was getting nowhere quick. That it seemed like I'm in the same place I was in last year and the year before. That could be a frustrating work where God's trying to say, Hello? (laughs) Anybody up there? Anybody home? Come on. I think it's attributed to Einstein. I'm not sure whether he said it or not, but somebody clever said it. If we keep doing the same thing and expect different results... That's a sign of insanity. Isn't that right? If I wanted to get to Miami, but I kept driving north, and I stopped every 10 miles, and God, you get me, to, get me to Miami, God. Get me to Miami. Get me to Miami. God, I'm believing you for Miami. Chicago, 20 miles. God, get me to Miami. um, God, I know you want me. I'm going. God, get me to Miami. Get me to Miami. Detroit, 100 miles. Somewhere along the line, we got to turn the car around, and then your prayer might help. (laughs) Habakkuk 2. He said, I will, verse 1, I will stand at my watch. You know, you have a watch. You are responsible for your own life before God. All I'm doing, I'm here to help you. I'm here to encourage you. But you have an individual responsibility for your life to discover what God's plan and what God's purpose is and for you to pursue it. And I encourage you to do it. It's, that's, that's the best life. You'll ever have. That's the life where the grace is on it. Where the blessing is on it. That's where where your life will make a difference. He said, I will stand my watch. Everybody say, my watch. And station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. God has something to say to you. And what answer I'm going to, to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Do you have a revelation for God's plan for your life? Make it plain on tablets. Write it down. Put it on your laptop. Put it on your smartphone. Put it somewhere, wherever you write stuff. Put it there. Look at it often. Make it plain so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation, the plan, the purpose of God awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. 
Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The Bible says that Abraham, when God called and began to reveal his plan and purpose to him, Abraham went out not knowing all the details. If you think God's going to show you every detail of his plan and purpose for your life the first time from A to Z, you are mistaken. He will show you enough to get you moving in faith if you are willing. But if you don't take that step, first step of faith, that's, you won't get any more. You start moving, God starts showing you something, and I step out in faith. And I start moving, and I start moving, and I start moving. And then I'm like, okay, God, I'm moving. What's next? God, here I go. I'm moving. Here we go. I'm, oh, hey, God, I'm moving. Here we go. And then God will show you something else. And then, you know, I, then I, I do that. It may be a course correction or it just may be something clarifying. And I begin to move and I begin to obey. And then as I do that, God begins to show me. God begins to open doors. God begins to bless me. God begins to help me develop a talent or a skill that I need for that, whatever it might be. God leads me, leads me, leads me, leads me, just like he did Abraham. And in the end, we can say like Abraham, wow, it's been good to follow God's plan, God's purpose. God has shown me good all the days of my life. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, David said. But it's little by little. It's step by step. It's faith. It's trusting God. It will have a God connection. Your life will make a difference for the kingdom and the lives of others. And you also will be superbly blessed because you will be fulfilled. Amen. You, you will have a sense of fulfillment about your life, a purpose about your life. There will be a peace about your life because God's grace will be on it. Now let me give you some action points real quickly here. Ask you some questions. What, ask this of yourself, what am I building? Concerning your life. What am I building? Is it just temporary? Is it just egocentric? Is it just about me? With all my time and all my effort and all my resources, is it all about me? Or is there a kingdom connection that I can see here? Is there something that I'm connecting? God, the plan that I'm pursuing, is it connected with God's kingdom? Do I know that God has spoken to me about this? Secondly, is it born of your own ego or of God's design? Well, I'm going to do this. Amen? I've had people tell me that. Well, I know the Bible says that, preacher, but I'm going to do this. And I just believe that I can do this, and I don't think that I have to do that. Well, that's fine. But just remember when you stand before God and you use all those eyes. I remember another fellow who used all those eyes over in Isaiah. Remember Lucifer? He said, I will and I will and I will, but he didn't. <laughs> and then finally, are your plans being frustrated? Do you feel like you're butting your head against the stone, you're treading water, however, whatever analogy you want to use, like, I'm just not making any progress. I'm not making any progress. You know, if I were you, that's when I'd get along with God and say, God, now, I've been doing this and I've been doing that, but listen, what's your plan? What's your plan? What do you want? What do you want me to do with my life, with my talents, 
with my resources. God's got a plan. He'll show you. But you know what? He won't show you just on the move. You've got to take some time to show God, hey, you know what? I earnestly desire to know your plan and your purpose for my life. And if it upsets my apple cart, let every apple come off of it. I know you own the apples on all the trees everywhere. You can fill my apple cart back up. Isn't that right? Would you bow your heads? I want to pray. <clears throat> Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Norris, this message is speaking to me. I, I feel like perhaps I'm in a place where God's frustrating my plans. I, I just I don't seem to be making any progress, not only in my spiritual walk, but just in what I'm doing in my life. I want to know that I know that I'm pursuing God's plan and God's purpose for my life. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but just so I know that I'm connecting with you in faith, I want you, if that's you, just lift your hand up. I'm going to include you in this prayer. Man, I've been there. You, maybe you just need to make a course correction, whatever it is. Listen, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't just, don't be hard-headed and say, no, nah, I don't need that. If you're a person that can never admit your need, you're a person that's going to stay needy. Father, you see the hands. I thank you for an honest heart here that these truly desire your plan and your purpose for their life. God, you said if any man or woman lack wisdom, that they would ask of you, they would ask, seek, and knock for your wisdom, God. You would show it to them. And I pray, oh God, that the desire to know your will, to know that they, they have your plan and your purpose for their life. I thank you, Lord. It will be so compelling that, Father, they will set aside time to seek your face, to listen, and to hear from you. God, I thank you. And I add my faith to theirs. Father, you said you would give wisdom to those that ask. As they seek you, Father, you're going to make it plain. You're going to lead them. You're going to put your desires in them. You're going to move in their life and open doors. You're going to make it a very plain to them the direction and the plans of your life, of their life for, for them. Father, thank you. Thank you for the grace to be upon them. Thank you, Father, that as they seek you, they're going to find. As they ask, they're going to receive. And as they knock, doors concerning your plan and purpose will be open to them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.